Hello, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Anna Loder from readabook.com.au. I'm a lifelong reader and book lover and a long-time book club member. 15 years, I can't believe it. I've been a bookseller for 13 and now I'm a reviewer and blogger. This is a weekly podcast celebrating that love of books and reading. I'm so excited to be in your ears today. Before we get started, can I quickly pay my respects to the Darawal people of the Uyora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which I work, play, read and live on. Along with the traditional owners of the lands throughout Australia, I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Let's get started. Today I'm getting to speak with author Nick Quisilia. So When Men Cry, we read it last year. He came to the shop for an event. He had a Wandering Women event. He's just the most wonderful author. He's only a young man, but his his talent and his love for books just shines right through. So When Men Cry is about four boys who are out on a night out. One of them's a soldier. Chris, our main character, is just delightful. They're finishing uni, they're on a night out, and they're coming to terms with the ramifications of what happened on that night out the rest of the novel it's a great book i think it's one that everyone should read it's all about men's mental health mateship masculinity the importance of asking if you're okay but also not just asking really listening to to the response to that question i'm also in addition really looking forward to talking with nick about his very cool day job booktopia hello hello how are you hello very well thank you how are you bit hectic bit crazy but you know oh, i can't believe your six months that you've had oh my goodness we we roll with the punches we do what we do it's uh the good thing about the work that i do is that it is kind of doing content and filming and recording podcasts and filming videos and stuff is that a lot of that stuff actually can now be done online so mm-hmm. you don't really necessarily need to be in the office for every single thing and that's a big massive positive for my role of course there's moments where you've got high profile authors who need to go in and you need to speak to and stuff like that and when you do you go in the comedian isn't even that bad it's only about one or two hours on the train usually or an hour and a half drive i've done longer commutes in sydney yeah yeah it's convenient i'm very appreciative of the fact that um, i have the chance to be able to have that flexible working lifestyle but also keep doing the work that i love doing well yes so i was hoping to be able to talk about booktopia on the podcast as well but we'll focus more on obviously when men cry and what's coming next in terms yeah. so when men cry has been out for a couple of years and i would like a sequel please it's all about <laughs> and coming of age and just men's mental health absolutely you must be so proud you must have just been a little boy when you wrote it though it does kind of freak me out a little bit the fact that i come out in 2019 2020 where'd all those years go like where, where did all that time go but yeah it's so funny so many people are very nervous whenever they release their book because eventually your book goes off and has a life of its own and yes. it's separate from you really it goes off and and, and reaches out and, and contacts people that you wouldn't think would would it travels places you never thought you could imagine when you when you originally the fact that it has gone the places that it has and also had the impact that it has to some people has been something that I'm very very proud of it's definitely was a, a great reaffirmer for me some people go in to publishing going, oh, I'm going to sell loads of books. I'm going to do all of this. I'm going to be fantastic. But really, if you change the life or improve the life of one person, then you've achieved. The book has succeeded in what it's set out to do. And, you know, if I've had instances where people have reached out saying, I've read this book. It's made me realize issues in my own life. And I'm going to now go and make that positive change in myself. Thank you for, for this. And that is, that's it. Congratulations. Mm. 
nothing would have such an impact on somebody's life. I don't know if there's going to be a sequel for that specific book, but I have got a short story for it that's in the works as like a little coda. I've worked on it for a little while and I've been submitting it to some publications to see if anyone will pick it up. But uh, keep a watch on that. It's a I do have a little one little smaller extra story for that oh, particular yeah. tale of people. Excellent. Yeah. So like a sequel then, but just in a short story format. Is that what I'm hearing? The best way I'd describe it is like a coda. It's like you've had your main story and then... Like what is a coda? It's kind of like a a small little, one little extra PS at the end. There's like you have the story, you have the ending, but then there's a little extra story focused around Logan specifically. Yeah, often I think we live in a time where sequels are a dime a dozen. Everyone wants to have sequels and I'm someone who's like, if I'm going to do a sequel, you either have had to have planned it from the outset to have a sequel or you finish it thinking, oh, there's more that can be done with these characters. And honestly, it felt like these characters had reached a natural conclusion and you don't want to force to create, can sour the original enjoyment that you have for the original story. So these characters felt like they were in a good space, but Logan had one little extra part. (laughs) it's, It's a small little coda after everyone has has left the hospital and it's just oh, him on his okay. own. There's a lot of statistics out there. Again, I, I mean, I, I disclaimer within the book and everything because the book touches on, t- I'm not a mental health professional. There are a lot of amazing people out there who do that work. But when you are dealing with someone who has attempted to take their own life, the next 72 hours or so after they make that first attempt is when it's the, of the most highest risk period where they're most likely to do it again or attempt like their life again. And so this period follows this particular moment in time for Logan because, I mean, the story ends with him and Noah and all of them being in the same room together. But the journey's not over for Logan at all. But nor and is going to be either. No, exactly. And uh, there was a particular line that kind of stuck with me. And, the, and my editor actually pointed it out from the original book, which was the mention that Logan had of talking about Pandora's box and how the box was opened and all these terrible things went out into the world. Uh, but one thing that did come out was hope. What happens when you open the box and hope isn't there? So this short story decided to explore that a little bit more, that kind of particular mindset and space that Logan finds himself in, really that he's in a stage now where it is day by day. He is, is in a space where you go down that spiral again and every day he starts again and you go again. Well, I cannot wait to read this coda of yours. This sounds magnificent. Yeah, Hopefully it goes out somewhere, I hope. Absolutely sure that it will. Yeah, I do have other books in mind. There is a trilogy idea is something that I am going to continue, but it's going to be kind of a standalone stories. So these stories I'm kind of coming up with, I'm writing the next two back to back right now. And that's another reason probably why it has taken so long because you work in the publishing industry and your day-to-day is the publishing industry. So sometimes when you get off work, you want to do anything but look at books and talk about books. I thought that actually. I was picturing all of the great books that you have access to and all of the great books that you'd be reading. But then I bet at the end of the day, you just bugger and want to go out for a walk. Yeah, it's amazing how much it pulls you back in. And sometimes taking that time away actually makes you get really excited when you come back to it. Distracting yourself with other things in in your life, family, going for a run, doing a Pilates cast, going to the beach, whatever it may be. But I am writing two more books and I have actually made some good progress on them over the last few months. Definitely standalone stories, but kind of they will complement When Men Cried or a little trilogy together. I'm so glad to hear it. That's so good. There may be a story that may come out. I don't know. What matters is that it comes naturally you don't force it yeah for sure oh itching to see whatever you write next I thought that you did such a great job with when men cry not just in terms of the mental health like not just in terms of the themes that you touch on but just the setting and the characters these guys that 
I feel like they're mates. Like they were friends. They You did such a great job of creating them. Yeah, thank you. They were characters. I knew a thousand jocks. I knew a lot of Noah's. They're based on characters that are confined in most friendship groups. And a lot of those guys that are larrikin or a bit sensitive or blokes that put up a front. The fact that it is so common does highlight the issues that these are struggling with are issues that are also common. Yes. Guys need to be able to speak to each other. Will this one be in schools? I, the way I picture it absolutely being on every schoolboy's list. Now, how are you going with that mission? So I have reached out to several groups and board of studies and I, I reached out to kind of the main groups in, in New South Wales, Queensland, Western Australia. It is quite difficult to get your books into that space and I know that a lot of it is driven by things like publishers uh, recommending. And so I think I have had a lot of traction because this has been a, a question that has been asked of me, when is it going into schools? So many times. Funnily enough, I actually had an author who I did an interview with for Booktopia's podcast, uh, Christine Lenens. So she wrote Paging Skies, got adapted into Jojo Rabbit. She lives over in New Zealand and I'm currently reading her latest book uh, in Amber's Wake. Very good book, by the way. Go read it. After we did our interview, I, I sent a copy over because she said this sounds really amazing. I'd love to read it. And her son actually read it and wrote a piece for it for school in New Zealand, just saying that this was a book that just got me. Like it, it, it understood it. I have tried to reach out to board of studies and schools and stuff it is very difficult if you you know if you're not within that publishing space but who knows the opportunity may come up in the future the, the great thing about books is that people discover them and they might be picked up years down the track you never know absolutely i picture it as being one that every teenager should read it touches on every important theme no thank you i yeah i am very proud of it often authors can be quite humble but i think if you've written something and you've poured your heart into it you should be proud of it absolutely um, that's what's wrong with our Australian culture. If you're an American, you'd be able to stand up and say, look what I did. <laughs> so I think you actually come from a family of writers, journalists, book lovers as well. They must just be so proud of you. Yeah, my father is a journalist. He still works in journalism. He works at the Australian Financial Review. He's been there oh. for quite a few years. I have a brother who's a, a, a musician. Uh, my mother also worked in journalism um, and she's also an excellent as a published poet. So we had a lot of writing influence growing up being surrounded by those very strong inspirations it was great they're scrabble games you must all just <laughs> i will say my mum. she is absolutely on point when it comes to grammar and wording and trying to get the, the, the thesaurus out and come up with a new <laughs> exciting way to write stuff it's the amount of times when i was doing when men cry when i was trying to speak in the lingo of or early 20s blokes and she would try and go yeah but what about this word you've said this word this many times what about this word or this word and i go no that's just how people speak trying to find that balance very fun conversation <laughs> yeah I bet that is the other thing as well like these are real men who are talking like men they're in their last mm -hmm. yes so you've just captured that window perfectly I think it's a very strange time in your life and I think anyone who's been in that uni space or even after school for example can probably relate to it like, okay now what now I've picked up all of this knowledge now I've got to go and find a job put meaning to my life do I stand for what are the things that I yeah what do I want to carry from one chapter to another I think it is a really critical really poignant window of 
lifetime, isn't it? Where you can decide who you want to be and what no other point do you ever just have that such clear boundaries of one chapter finishing and another starting. And it's a period of just huge change. You might be going into looking for a career. You might find advancing your life personally. You might have met a partner. It's the period of great excitement because you can put definition on yourself, but also it's very, very terrifying because you're putting definition on yourself. You might have a really bad case of FOMO or... But also by saying yes to something, you're saying no to a lot of other things as well. It's yeah. such a nerve-wracking time, I think, isn't it? It is, but everyone goes through it, which is the key thing to take from it. There's a lot of pleasure to be had in going through that experience with people together. Yeah, absolutely true as well. It needs to be said that you can just as easily go back and do over. Nothing's set in concrete. Nothing's done that can't be undone. No shame at all in having a rethink. Indeed. And once you realise, hey, I can do whatever the hell I want, you are going to go through periods of massive reset in your life, then you realise, okay, well, I can just go into this with with no fear at all. Yes, so true. (laughs) That's right. So what are you reading now? Okay, well, I have a couple of books that I have been currently reading. The first one was uh, In Amber's Wake, which is by Christine Lenenz. It's out now. So it follows the story of this particular character who is in, I guess, a childhood friend who then becomes uh, obsessed with a friend of his called Amber growing up. This is during the 1970s and 80s in New Zealand. This is kind of a period of political upheaval. There's a very controversial rugby tour that also happens within the framework of this period when when the Springboks came to play in New Zealand during the time of apartheid, which is a very controversial time. There was a lot of the anti-nuclear discussion also going on. And the problem is, is that this person that this character who we follow, Amber, she married a much older man and was in love with a much older man. So it's a love triangle story. And I'm not going to say exactly what happens because I feel like everyone should just go and read it. It is a very good kind of literary love triangle that's very much set in this very interesting historical period in New Zealand. So recommended by me. What I'm also about to start reading is this book. Ah, fantastic. You will love Exiles. (laughs) Exiles, yes. Jane Harper. I was very late to the Jane Harper party. I'm going to be open to admit that. I did the naughty thing and actually watched the dry movie first before I read the book. (laughs) I know, I see your face says it all. And (laughs) But weirdly enough, it actually made me appreciate the book much more knowing what the outcome was because suddenly you could pick up on all the brilliance and nuance and details and realise how good a writer Jane is. And I'm very, very excited to continue um, Aaron Falk's story. And from what I have heard, this uh, book is up there on dry levels. Oh, a million percent. Absolutely. Yeah, we're doing it for our Aussie Thrill Seekers for the book club at the moment. And yeah, absolutely loving it. It's so clever. What did you think of it? It's unreal. It's right up there with the dry. I love checking in with Aaron as well. So nice to see people that you have the relationship with and you know their character so well. And then to be able to pick up a couple of years later. Yeah, it's great. Mm. I've also been reading the other book right here, the autobiography of Tom Felton. Enjoying it? Yeah. Well, it's very interesting. So it's Beyond the Wand, The Magic and Mayhem of Growing Up a Wizard. So my partner read it first. And so I've now kind of picked it up off the back of her suggestions. But just hearing about Tom Felton's journey as an actor, becoming this character that we all love to hate in Draco Malfoy. We were watching The Half-Blood Prince last night and there was a whole section of this book, for example, that was completely dedicated to the fact that that was the real first movie where Tom kind of talks about how in the last five movies I basically just stood in the back and scowled. But Half-Blood Prince was the first time he had to have a complete character arc and how much of a challenge that was for him in terms of developing himself as an 
that as an example, but very interesting book and definitely a must if you are a big Potter fan and you like to hear about all the fun little details of, of all of the actors and actresses that came through those series of films. Also just felt very poignant because he has a lot to say about a lot of the amazing actors in those series who are now no longer with us, like Robbie Coltrane and Alan Rickman. So highly recommended. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, definitely got it on my list. He's one of those characters that you didn't even think about until the last movie, really. I will absolutely prioritise it. Absolutely. And then, of course, the, the last one, which I haven't got physically here with me, but I think everyone at some point is going to want to read Spare. Oh. Uh, it has taken over the literary world. People have so many, uh, usually extremely emotional opinions about it. My partner is currently reading it, and she's saying that it's very good, which is interesting. I mean, I've not really had much interest in, in the monarchy uh, or anything like that. And Rationally, I know. I take out the space in my head, but oh my goodness, I'm so interested. <laughs> Agreed. I think it's so interesting because the more you hear about it, the more you realise just how different a world being a member of the royal family is. It is so different. Even though, of course, again, you always take those uh, dramas with a grain of salt, but Crown, there must be some validity to some of the stuff that they talk about because of the nature of a lot of those those shows. There obviously is research and a lot of stuff involved in it. Even if it is a heightened sense of reality, it definitely portrays a world that is very different and it's being reinforced with all of the stuff that has been talked about with Prince Harry and... Yeah, absolutely. It's the eternal struggle having that TBR pile. <laughs> Mine is over there. I've had to get oh. stands for it. How many books I have to read? <laughs> oh, I saw some beautiful pictures of plants. You did a, quite a few bookshop crawls that I was completely jealous of and feel like I've my list of ones that I want to check out. It's, it's quite addictive going to those shops. You actually have to control yourself. I hunt for books and I hunt for records. Those are my Achilles heel. You put me to a place like that and I'm gone. I'm I'm stuffed. I'm always on the, the hunt for different Anna Green Gables covers that I've got and <laughs> definitely always treasure that you're seeking just to be around them and smell them and just so special. Yeah, it absolutely is. And it's the perfect place to go and just chill. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I'm just so glad to see that you're continuing to push forward with this podcast and doing really really well i've been listening for a while i'm a big fan um especially after the situation that happened with the bookshop i'm just they make so much sense there's such a good way of doing a book club especially after we're so comfortable on zooms now we never were before covid exactly so onwards and upwards keep up read a book i love it big fan here (laughs) what a good testimonial (laughs) thank you so much i'll let you get back to your day thank you so much that was good fun Okay, so that's it for this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Please leave a review wherever you can, but especially where you found my Readable podcast. If you'd like more connection, please head on over to thereadable.com.au. There's plenty of book reviews and recommendations there, and that's also where you'll find my blog. And I would love, love, love to welcome you into our community. There's a membership page on readable.com.au. There are three levels. The first is free, and I'm so hoping that you would like to help me build my online community where we can enjoy reading more together. Thank you.